You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Meltdown and Spectre pose kernel-level security issues. Speed was inadvertently purchased at the price of insecurity. Spectre affects most chips, not just those from Intel. Mitigations are on the way. Bogus security apps booted from the Google Play Store. Be on the lookout for phony Android Uber apps. Iran's internet crackdown continues. And former NSA contractor Hal Martin may plead to taking one classified document home with him. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, January 4th, 2018. So these computer things that run on this internet thing seems to be a little slower than usual, friend. Do they seem run down, sister? Not the same snap, crackle, and pop you're used to, brother? No? Well, maybe not yet, but you might notice it before too much longer. We're talking, of course, about the processor chip vulnerabilities that have been discussed this week. They've received a lot of names, FWIT and Kaiser among them. And we won't use FWIT because we're a family show, and if any children are listening... Neither should you, kids. The names that are sticking, however, are Meltdown and Spectre. The fact that these both come with snazzy logos ready-made, Spectre represented by a Pac-Manian cartoon ghost, Meltdown by a Dolly-esque melting shield, suggests that they've been known to some people for some time. And indeed, Google blogged yesterday that its Project Zero discovered and quietly disclosed them last summer. The vulnerabilities are found in processor chips, and they enable side-channel attacks in affected systems. According to Google, the vulnerabilities are rooted in the way chips are engineered for efficiency to perform speculative execution, which enables the threading that lends processes the smooth speed users expect. Meltdown, which is CVE 2017-5754, permits ordinary applications to evade the security boundaries usually enforced at chip level to access the private contents of kernel memory. The vulnerability appears confined largely to Intel chips. Spectre, which is CVE 2017-5753 and CVE 2017-5715, is the more widespread and potentially dangerous of the two. It enables an attacker to bypass isolation among different applications. Yesterday's report said only Intel chips were affected. Some competing manufacturers initially said their processors were unaffected. Well, not so fast. That optimism seems to have been misguided. Most recent processors share the Spectre vulnerabilities, if not the meltdown issue. 
Spectre has now been identified in ARM and AMD chips as well, as Intel has helpfully pointed out. Microsoft has issued an out-of-band patch to mitigate the problems for its products. Other vendors either have or shortly will make mitigations available. These are expected to fix the security issues, but at the expense of performance. Many experts are advising people that their patch devices will run noticeably more slowly. Cloud users should experience similar slowdowns. One point worth noting is that there are a lot of ARM chips in Internet of Things devices. If those are susceptible to Spectre, as they seem to be, this means there will be a lot of small, scattered, difficult to the point of impossible to patch, IoT devices out there. Michael Daly is the Chief Technology Officer at Raytheon for Cybersecurity, and he joins us to share his view on Spectre and Meltdown. You know, the standard story of patch quickly is is really what we need to take away from this immediate problem. Meltdown has been out there since June of last year, and uh, we have to assume at this point that some criminal organizations and nation-state adversaries are aware of the details of this and have been aware of it. It's unlikely that that was kept, you know, quiet from them. So they've had time to develop the exploits for it. And so uh, now that the patches are out, and I saw Microsoft put out the uh, Windows patches this morning, uh, we need to get those installed quickly. Are we thinking that uh, the software patches are going to be a long-term solution, or ultimately we're going to have to see some hardware fixes as well? I don't think uh, a hardware fix is anytime soon. Uh, Surely Intel, AMD, ARM will make changes to their architecture uh, for future chips, but uh, for now, I I think uh, we are stuck with software fixes. The meltdown fixes appear to be out there. I've heard that the the cloud platforms are already patched for the most part. Um, Apple had their patch out uh, last uh, December, and and others have theirs out. So uh, I think meltdown is okay okay in the sense that we have a patch. It doesn't mean that people have applied them or rebooted their systems, which is required to make the patch active. Uh, But Spectre is going to hang around for quite a while, it seems. And so in terms of the specific threats that people need to look out for, what's your guidance there? Well, the threat is that folks figure out how to get you to run some of this code and then use it to grab your credentials and encryption keys. I'm more concerned about credentials than anything, meaning, uh, you know, usernames and passwords. Hmm. And uh, with that, they can then jump and install other malware and uh, go about the usual exploit chain. So this is another vector for them to grab uh, credentials. You know, on the Spectre story, the troubles with that are probably going to grow a little bit over time as the various criminal organizations and nation states uh, work on developing new ways of exploiting it. And since there isn't a quick hardware fix for sure, and software fixes appear to be partial at best, uh, we're going to have to do continuous updates to our monitoring systems to look for Spectre exploits as, as they evolve over time. That's Michael Daly from Raytheon. In other news, Google has expelled 36 bogus security apps from the Play Store. Some of them misrepresented themselves as products from well-known and reputable vendors like Avast. This is, of course, an imposture, and Google has shooed these serpents from its walled garden. There's also some Android malware circulating in the wild that pretends to be an Uber app. Iran's crackdown on the Internet continues as the regime declares victory in quashing unrest. 
but few observers take the Islamic Republic's claims of triumph at face value. Finally, in news of crime and punishment, former NSA contractor Hal Martin is reported by the Baltimore Sun and Reuters to have indicated his willingness to cop a guilty plea to a single count of taking a single classified document home with him. This came in a filing yesterday at the Baltimore court that's hearing the case. The single charge carries a maximum possible penalty of 10 years imprisonment. The government, which says it picked up 50 terabytes of classified information at Mr. Martin's Glen Burnie residence, seems unlikely to let things ride with that simple plea. No one seems to know why Mr. Martin took stuff home with him. If the government knows, it's not saying. And Mr. Martin's attorney has said that it went like this. Mr. Martin took things home to study so he could get better at his job, and then taking things home became an obsession. You kind of get that. The document Mr. Martin indicated his willingness to admit taking was a 2014 chart of a proposed NSA reorganization. An org chart would be kind of a page-turner. Kind of like those Jedi manuals that Yoda blew up in The Last Jedi. Wait, should we have said spoiler alert? Well, sorry, and may the Force be with you. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And joining me once again is David DeFore. He's the Senior Director of Engineering and Cybersecurity at WebRoot. Uh, David, welcome back. Uh, happy you can jump on the line with us today. We want to talk about Meltdown and Spectre, get your take on it. Um, let's just start with some basics. Well, hey, Dave, thanks for having me back. These are pretty significant in, in terms of, of what's going on uh, because both of them um, kind of start at the hardware level and work their way up from there. Meltdown ha does have a software solution. Uh, Spectre, we're going to see some stuff over time. So take us through that. I mean, we're seeing the patches being released for Meltdown, um, but we're also hearing word that this could lead to slowdowns. 
Right. That's exactly right. It has to do with the memory and paging and how that's done physically on the system. And so operating system providers can do a lot of work in the kernel to lock that down and ensure that with Meltdown, um, they're able to secure that that memory allocation and that people aren't able to to get to things they're not supposed to. But in doing so, they're having to forego some of the performance capabilities of that chip. And so you're going to see some hit um, at the kernel level in, in the operating system simply to prevent nefarious actors from being able to access that, those memory locations. And what about with Spectre? Well, Spectre is kind of a exciting but terrifying thing in the in and of itself. As with Meltdown, you know, we we can get a software solution out pretty quickly, and and yes, there'll be a CPU hit. It's a pretty definitive fix. With Spectre, we're seeing that on multiple hardware platforms. And, and the, the issue there, without going into too much detail, is how applications are able to access memory. That one is not going to have a straightforward, simple fix. And what we're going to see with Spectre is uh, probably something that's going to take time to get software fixes out as we see threats appear. Because the, the definitive fix would be to ship back all your hardware, have them repurpose uh, circuit boards, and then ship your hardware back to you. But, but obviously, that's too costly. So with Spectre, it's going to take time and, and we're going to have to pick these threats off one at a time as we see them. I think it's fair to say a, a sizable percentage of the computing uh, world runs on Intel chips, certainly. Uh, they are the dominant player. How do you see this playing out? Obviously, we're going to have to see some hardware adjustments from Intel. Uh, will those hardware adjustments necessarily come with a performance hit as well? So I, I think a, a couple of things. Meltdown is specific to Intel. And, and as I said, we're seeing some fixes come out already uh, for operating systems around that. And yes, I believe uh, there'll be short term hits or, or long term even on that hardware. But I think Intel will have workarounds um, in place to resolve this problem in new hardware. Couldn't estimate when, but I think moving forward, they, they will have this resolved. They're, they're really good at that. And that's specific to Meltdown. Now, the beautiful slash terrifying thing about Spectre is it's not just Intel. It's affecting ARM and AMD as well. <laughs> so it's not just limited to PCs or, or Macs or things like with Intel chipsets. It's it's going to be across the board on anything with an ARM, an AMD, or an Intel chip in it. And, and that is going to take longer to fix. And I don't think you can recall all these devices from these manufacturers. I mean, how many people are manufacturing ARM chips out there? Right. So... It, it's just we're going to have to, as an industry, take the time that when we see threats, it's just one more thing we add to the queue. We're going to have to figure out how to write solutions that protect against those threats. And then from a hardware perspective, I guarantee you folks are going back to the drawing board on how to engineer these problems out of those chipsets. So what's the advice that you would give to different organizations? I mean, we've got enterprise, we've got small business, and we've got home users. What should their various approaches be to protect themselves from this? How, how serious on a day-to-day -day basis are we talking about here? Well, I think th that's a great question in terms of, first of all, anyone who ever hears me speak or on any, I could be talking about how to bake bread. At the end of that, I always say back up your data and apply security patches. So number one, first and foremost, when, when operating system security patches come out for this stuff, apply them as quickly as you can. Some enterprises don't have that luxury of doing it very fast because they have proprietary software, but you do need to apply security patches to this as quickly as possible. And that's really at the enterprise and business level. 
For the consumer, you know, I think it's one of those things where you need to be diligent and pay attention to what's going on. But I don't think we know yet what the implications are to, say, smartphones or home PCs or things of that. And we're just going to have to wait and see. Because this is a pretty sophisticated kind of issue that a lot of people now are going to try to take advantage of. And we're going to have to watch how that plays out and be ready to create patches or write solutions that protect against it as we start seeing it in the wild. All right. David DeFore, thanks for taking the time for us today. Great talking to you, Dave. Thank you. All right. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.